Namaste and shalom, everybody out there in dreamland. This is Rumors of Instinct, 1987. Thank you very, very much once again for uh, tuning into a presentation of my newscast, North, East, West, and South. Um, I trim my mustache. It's just that it's reflecting light, and I'm thinking, like, mm, I hope it's not too distracting. I tendly not uh, try to put any kind of uh, razor or scissor to the hair on my head, but, uh, you know, that's the one kind of Achilles heel of vanity I still have is it looks kind of funny when it grows out naturally. And so, uh, like, if the side grows out way faster than the side, and I try to keep trim. But uh, that detail aside, uh, my program North, East, West, and South, which was scheduled to be released on Monday, um, has to now be released today due to just some kind of, like, snafu with the scheduling and, and my own personal, um, you know, obligations and stuff. But uh, definitely, definitely, uh, we're going to be getting back into the regular, you know, swing of things. This is going to be a weekly show, so even if I do miss it on Mondays in the future, um, definitely look forward to it being presented and uploaded sometime um, within the week that is scheduled to be ever a new show every week. Now, granted, it doesn't mean that new things are going to be happening in in uh, the world, you know, just because the days go on, and and I think that that'll be my first major gestalt issue um, that I want to cover tomorrow. Like, I guess you call it, like, uh, after my David Polites, uh you know, fan tribute, uh, will be the the idea of the world news or of the mainstream news machine and how they've convinced people that they need to be mainline, connected, like, you know, injected with news updates as if though every day is essential or crucial or filled with happenings, you know, and I understand that everyone can learn something new every day, but that doesn't mean something new happens every day. In fact, I'm of the philosophy that nothing new happens under the sun. And so definitely, definitely want to keep an eye out for that type of predictive programming in which, um, for example, in this certain situation that we're having right now, in like uh, national politics and stuff that they want you and they wanted people and they successfully did and I found it very sickening and one of the reasons why I started waking up to the world around me um, to believe that every day a situation is building to something like the idea of progress isn't a uh, joint effort but rather a battlefield in which you know every day the um conditions for victory are redefined and you know like like a, like a, imagine a sports game that never ended so that every single day instead of just assuming that one side was you know going to be victorious or had like some kind of like stagnation of effort or whatever you know like like you know the reality of a situation that would occur you know, it finds its even flow, it finds its uh, average of activity and just kind of stops um, spiking or peaking, um, you know, that reality that is in our own lives, that's, that's all around us, that's in nature. There's nothing new under the sun. Everything 
Uh, nature does hate a vacuum, so any difference or change will be quickly uh, dealt with. And yes, small things have like great effects, like the butterfly effect and things like that. But generally, everything that is currently happening was happening before and is going to happen in the future. Um, given that the great nature, exactly, nature abhors a vacuum, so there's no nothing new or nothing already present to need to be done because it's already been done. And so the same goes with uh, politics, just because exactly, there's no new animals evolving every day. There's no new scientific uh, realities every day. Discoveries, yes. Uh, you know, we are, we're always learning something new every day, but that thing already existed. You know, that thing was already present. Now, for example, this new shape of American politics being very activist heavy and prone already is a page from the playbook of yesteryear and is already being implemented in the same exact fashion as it was in yesteryear uh, to reduce the overall uh, population's freedoms of expression, of uh, political affiliation, of the ability to access uh, platforms of communication, etc., etc. And the rhetoric of these people is the same exact rhetoric as before. It's kind of like if you're from a dysfunctional family, that dysfunction, that certain dysfunction in which you guys are, a malady that you're suffering from, like a disease, was present in the generations that preceded this family and will be present in the generations following it. Uh, unless one can actually just break the cycle, see for themselves what's going on and remove oneself to start again, start anew, instead of trying to save a already corrupted um, system. And, and, you know, as, as heartbreaking as it is, uh, sometimes you have to change your family name and just move on and, and rebuild again and be the first of a line because that was originally how your family started was someone broke away from some existing house, started their own family, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, same thing with this country. I'm not advocating succession, but I'm advocating a type of ethical, philosophical, moral succession, a separation, a, a, a call for independence in your heart because... Watching the news every day, watching the mainstream media tell you that there are certain developments or that, oh, we're going to go in impeachment 2.0 or that, oh, this certain person won an election, that, that's just surface level details and you can move, uh, you can change something's paint scheme, you know, you can change, you can paint a car, but the car's engine, the car's purpose, the car's make and model, uh, those never change. And you can put spoilers and LED lights on it and a stereo and everything, but it still only gets so many miles per gallon, et cetera. And it still, you know, only uses one kind of ga a gasoline, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's not going to instantly become a diesel engine because you, you know, change the headlights or, or put some a pair of fuzzy dice on the uh, rearview mirror. Same thing with the system that we live in. Same thing with the country we live in. Uh, people are not going to become nicer to each other because Biden won. People are not going to become more progressive because Biden won. People are not going to become any less progressive, any less conservative, any less uh, radicalized or any less, uh, you know, whatever. Just because certain things happen to certain select individuals, elect individuals, you know, you're, you're these elite people, Beltway insiders or outsiders, whatever. Anyone who joins politics is what already a member of a very elite club because very few people actually engage in politics that way, like professional politics. Now, um, these people are not going to be 
more beholden to people because of the attention. They're not going to be any less fallible. They're not going to be any better. They're going to be exactly the same because the government has always been exactly the same for generations. It's a identity politics driven uh, progressive puke fest of bureaucratic nonsense and um, exploiting uh, contract systems and laws and things like that to personally profit while uh, convincing the people that they are both heard and the fault of their own problems. And so, no, do not believe that a savior has come into office or a savior's cabinet has come to office like your uh, Samantha Bees, your John Olivers would like you to believe, your, your uh, Bill Mars would like you to believe that, you know, finally uh, we're free from four years of, of like, you know, I guess it's called backsliding or backwards progress or the loss of progress in this country when it comes to our social ills or evils. Um, nor is there going to be a radical change to foreign policy or even domestic policy when it comes to certain things. No matter what the last uh, three or four years of uh, mainstream media has been trying to instigate and any kind of like activist uh, political uh, militia has tried to kind of like incite or instill with their Antifa or BLM movements or anything. Everything is going to be exactly the same. And about that, white cops will still kill black people, black cops will still kill black people, black people will still kill black people, black people will still kill white people, people will still kill these people in, in violent confrontations, no matter what the circumstance of the confrontation is. Uh, because people are always going to be people and there's not a politicized issue with it there's not a specific circumstance or, or a trend in which is growing these things are only highlighted to brainwash and to manipulate people's emotions to think that they are in a not a progressive society but a progressing society see the thing is empires always are expected to grow or collapse now America has reached a point as an empire that it is beginning to either become, you know, excessively, yeah, it either can become excessively conscious of its growth or it can become excessively conscious of its decline, right? Now, here's my, uh, my kind of like point that I was going to make today about why things are not changing in our country. It's because when I was in the Navy, in 2011 to uh, 2014, before I got medically retired, uh, six months shy of my four years, there was a campaign going on, not publicly, kind of off the records, not top secret, but it was part of the Byzantine labyrinthian realities of the military industrial complex's actions in the world uh, related to the world war on terror related to uh, military intelligence uh, apparatuses alliances things like that and just good old fashioned cash uh, you know buying out our services this was under the Obama administration and this was before the first term of the Obama administration had finished and uh, into the start of the second term that he was uh, president, right? So the most progressive president in the history of progression, uh, Obama, with Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State, Joe Biden as Vice President, 
exactly, et cetera, et cetera. All these uh, rainbow flag waving, um, you know, uh, progressive social democrats, identity politicians, exactly. All those people, you know, that you would want to kind of like invite to your party and, and be like, hey, um, you know, aren't I cool? Like, aren't I with the cool kids? They were bombing, actively bombing civilians, innocent civilians, committing war crimes, uh, bombing children, targeting hospitals, targeting markets, targeting um, schools, targeting um, funerals, concerts, any kind of gathering of, they would say in estimates, anywhere of 30 or more people. And specifically, things like school buses eventually started being targeted. Um, you know, things like that. Of Yemeni Houthi uh, civilians. They were Houthi tribesmen. A type of ethnic uh, subsect of um, uh, Islam that is found only in Yemen. And they have been there for uh, millennia, basically. They've been there thousands of years in this one southern part of the Saudi Arabian Peninsula of the yeah the little um, slab of country between Africa and the Middle East proper now we have continued to bomb them in various capacities but when I was there they were going through a type of regime change in which the Saudi Arabian backed puppet president was being ousted out by his basically he capitulated to the desires of the Saudi Arabians to attack them with the allies of the United States' Air Force Uh, this campaign incensed a very large and well-armed population of motivated you know defenders of their land and of their lives the Houthis they uh, ended up storming the capital Capturing the marine barracks that was there and forcing them to surrender by uh, relinquishing their weapons and marching out of the city uh, unarmed to their uh, evacuation points, like the port. The, I think it was the port of Aden. And um, basically, this would kick off just years since since this has happened since it started it's still been going on of relentless air campaigns by western aviation warfare specialists either under the flag of their home country uh, from the EU from America um, UK Israel all helping Saudi Arabia all under the employ of Saudi Arabian uh, you know billionaires and, and merchants to try to um gain this territory, this access either for religious reliquary or for fundamental purposes of difference, um, of power control, you know, like you can't, you can't, uh, let it rest if you don't control this, every area in your, in your sphere of influence type thing. But basically over eight years of bombing has led to the deaths of millions and millions of people, mostly from starvation not so much hostile action. Uh, nuclear weapons being deployed, atomic weapons being deployed, um, various things like white phosphorus, um, high-yield explosives like the Moabs, uh, destruction of civilian exactly trade routes, uh, 
limitation and seizure of their funding and their bank accounts, things like that, to basically strangle and starve these people. It's done cognizantly. This is not an accident. This is not like, oh, well, there's a war, and so the civilian population on the rebel side may have to suffer as long as the rebels are uh, willing to fight and to be obstinate and aggressive. You know, that's just the casualties of, of this other side not wanting to, like, fight with us. Like, if you were an ISIS civilian during the same time, there might be an argument made where you knew what you were getting into, and if you were caught in the crossfire for belonging to a terrible Muslim extremist type group like ISIS, um, then there's no sympathy given. These are civilians who were living in their own traditional homes, in their own traditional country, in their own traditional lands, that were attacked with advanced weaponry and technology, and then eventually uh, cordoned off and uh, blockaded by both naval powers and uh, air powers, like air, naval forces and air forces, starving them for years, which they still have not surrendered. Um, but they are absolutely being killed, executed through these actions, um, ruthlessly, heartlessly, uh, senselessly. Right? This is a, this is the largest humanitarian crisis, largest war crime ever committed in the history of the world, uh, and we helped. We were actually mostly responsible for it. Without us and our support, this would probably have never actually happened, although the arguments can be made that Saudi Arabia was already going to build a mercenary force of, um, you know, pan-Arab-type uh, soldiers and everything to get this accomplished. But still, America was absolutely complicit and um, assistant in this war crime, in this genocide of the Houthis. So... Now that, now that I got that out of the way, <clears throat> a little history lesson. Um, so let's get into this idea of Trump helping out the world or helping out American uh, interests or trying to create world peace or peace in the Middle East. Trump, before he left, or Mike Pompeo, before he left, was sanctioned by uh, the powers that be. Um, in his first camp, in his first tour, to, or at the end of his first um, you know, term, and I guess you would call it the, maybe the only term, uh, definitely the only term. Not saying that we trust the plan, all right? Red Cross fears U.S. aiding Yemen's Houthis to terrorist list will have chilling effect on humanitarian aid, right? So there you go. They added the Yemeni Houthi tribe, just the Houthi tribe, to the terror list. Before that, they were not even on the terror list. They were subject to that genocide. Completely innocent. Now we have Vice President Biden, who former Vice President Biden, becoming the president, who in his eight years already in office was a sponsor of this bombing campaign, of this death and destruction, of this genocidal campaign. Do you think that there'll be any difference between a Biden-Harris cabinet and their complicence, their uh, assistance in this genocide, providing manpower, providing material, providing uh, political support, um, defending the Saudi Arabians' actions, uh, keeping that veil of secrecy over them, and allowing millions of more children, women the elderly, the wounded, 
the sick, to starve, to die, literally in the most barbaric and dehumanizing ways possible. I don't, I don't understand the insanity of the world when you think that the things happening in your border are all that your nation does and all that America is responsible for. You know they do not care about you. You know they do not care about anyone. They care about their agenda and they care about power. This Capitol Hill storming has hidden this knowledge from people. The BLM protests have hidden this knowledge from people. America is not waking up. America is not becoming more progressive. America is becoming more blind because all we're doing is looking at a mirror. And the more rocks we throw across the street at our neighbors, the more bombs America will be dropping on foreign countries. Unless Americans become international-minded politicians hoping for pacifism. Okay, sorry about that. Hey brief distraction but yeah America is not going to change and that's the thing about America is that it's something else that people are willing to accept there is no domestic progress available to be made possible to be made it is all a matter now of American empire the strength of the American empire and the nature of the American empire it does not defend borders of colonies it provides mercenary services to protect to protect trade routes for modernized atheistic or what they would call enlightened uh, esoteric type societies of a certain uh, bloodline yes that there is no progress being made in America no matter what you think and what you're being told what you think and what you're being told are absolute narratives they're narrative fictions you are watching what is easily just a television show or a movie that was written to keep your attention alright that was written to keep your attention away from the real political issues the anti-war movement the anti-hawk movement um, there's a RT show called Watching the Hawks which was created during the Obama administration to focal to actually be a show that would flagship the anti-war, the current anti-war um, um, movement in America, the current issues, the current uh, stances of the country. Now that show itself has been kind of lost. Its original attention has lost its way, basically. And what we're seeing is a what we're seeing is a return to um, identity politics and like progressive liberalism or neoliberalism, where it doesn't matter what the message is as long as a black person is saying that message. It doesn't matter what the uh, stance of, you know, the nation's, like, uh, war footing is, as long as we're allowing uh, gays or transgenders to serve in the military. They can go, and, you know, as long as, as, long as the, uh, the marginalized and often persecuted side is feeling validated and empowered by our system, 
they can go and participate in the wholesale war crimes, genocides, and, uh, you know, atrocities that a modern 21st nation, 21st century nation is committing and is committing without any checks and balances, without any ability for its own citizens to impart any control or, uh, you know, uh, review or audit over. There's no, nothing on the horizon. There's no movement, no development to keep people more empowered when it comes to the military apparatus. Only to further include more people into its actions, into its participation, into its training, into its uh, psychology, into its fold. The CIA, for example, is recruiting now in a more diversified and socially conscious, friendly, socially friendly uh, manner. So it doesn't matter if you're a, uh, you know, it's very special snowflake. You too can go and um, perform these very illegal and um, basically you can you can be one of the very many to do so much evil for the very little good of so few. You know, like you too can join and be a chocolate soldier and be in your little, um, you know, tin foil uniform and things like that with your little rewards and medals, just like everyone before you who was a marginalized, disenfranchised, uh, most likely immigrant or child of poverty who joined the U.S. military simply to belong to a society, simply to be uh, accepted within a society as an equal to the already existing members of that society. And that did already act as the boots on the ground, the rifles on the shoulders, the, you know, the eyes and the cross, on the crosshairs, shooting down range at others who were just living their lives in a more natural way, living for themselves. Do you understand that the ideological battlefield that has existed in this country is absolutely a narrative created by the intelligence community since World War One to spin the emergence and domination of a new world order whose authority is over that of any sovereign nation, including that of the United States. Specifically incarnated in the United States military. Because what the United States military positions as the real like face of you know the global politi- political world like you know the idea of this is a border this is what your flag is it's all run through the United States military they are the ultimate gatekeepers they are the ones that control all activity all action all power in the United States most of the politicians that attain high power our former military themselves are current deep cover military agents posing as civilian politicians themselves, but still getting the orders down. They're either lobbyists or specialists in the military industrial complexes, engineers, businessmen, um, et cetera, et cetera, or they are actual deep state intelligence operatives who have been placed there, like Obama, like Barry, um, like uh, Barry uh, Soros, that uh, he was basically put uh, from a from birth because his mother was a CIA agent, into a life, into the positions that he would need, not only to avoid scrutiny, but to attain the, uh, the attain the, the recommendations, the required networking that require that, that 
would prove that he would be a good candidate later on in life to fulfill these orders and things like that, the training he would need, um, the occult's education, etc. And it does not matter who's in office. America is always run by the military. It does not matter what our current um, state of uh, operation, our, our state of, uh, you know, social attitudes are towards anything. We're still a military dictatorship. There was a coup in this country. Almost, uh, I'd say before 100 years ago, uh, over 100 years ago, there was a coup in this country. Some would say that the Civil War was that coup. The Army of the Potomac, which is what, which is why we can't even begin to debate whether or not Washington, D.C. is the center of our power as a country that's so diversified geographically and uh, population-wise. Out of 50 states, not one can claim as equal sovereignty as this one um, little conceptual area which operates as a foreign country to everyone else's interests and whose representation for the truth of the America is in the point zero 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 range as to uh, you know how many people they actually represent and speak to and speak for when they when they actually do their jobs their actions inside the um, halls of this country would be a hundred percent alien to everyone except other political insiders or those who have given their lives to the scholarly approach of our uh, society you know like the actual historians the actual people who can say oh this is what this is this is why this thing is this this is why that is it unless you're of that elite their actions are absolutely <laughs> absolutely alien to you you are not being represented exactly the American Revolution happened for with taxation without representation our government is government without representation. It's lawmaking without representation. It's tax collecting without representation. It's tax spending without regulation, without representation. It's 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 the creation of government agencies without representation. It's the uh, it's the it's the you know offering of foreign assistance and alliance without domestic representation, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It's not the fact that the wrong people are in office to have your voice heard. You know, like, oh, I can, I, I can say that, oh, if this was the case, then every other president, you know, would alienate half the country because there would be one half of the country seeking to be represented by a certain individual in a republic. And then the other half, you know, with different, like this kind of binary system of bullshit. But then our country wouldn't have any actions or presence or your real existence outside of those specific individual terms or anything outside of our borders ever that's not the case united states again everyone says that the world is laughing at the united states uh you know internal politics and what's going on now no one knows no one cares just like you don't know or care about anything happening in a foreign country because it does not represent you and I know, oh, well, I, I, I read the British news or I read um, this other country, which you might have an affiliation with, which you might have a connection with. But to be honest, you do not have any stake in foreign countries' activities, just like how they don't have any stake in your activities. Yemen was a good example. 
the domestic progressive identity politics, social beliefs, and um, you know ethics of a Houthi Yemeni who is living their life generationally within the same Houthi Yemeni uh, area had no bearing, no impact, no connection to the average American's life living in America, say the average Texan's life living in Texas. Now that Texan who say joined the military would be involved in a bombing campaign to destroy that Yemeni's lifestyle, his home, his family, and eventually his life due to the decisions that that American's leadership had cre- had come to, had, had chosen to make due to their interests in a separate foreign nation and the legalities required, uh, legalities binding them to certain contracts of obligation known as statecraft, known as allegiance work. That has a close connection, closer connection to that Yemeni's basically um, destruction. But for years, that Texan will then go on to feel regret for the Yemeni cause, for the Yemeni population, and try to understand, try to, try to rationalize how these points all met in space and time. And then when it dawns on them that their leadership may be the one thing that they can affect, they can actually reach out and affect, that's when they realize that that leadership is the furthest thing from them. And I think that that is the most frightening and obviously, you know, uh, dehumanizing part of being an American is that even though we live in a republic and even though uh, we want to call it our democracy and even though we want to think that we have this activity of engaging or being able to become a politician, we know in our heart of hearts that we don't. We know statistically that it's it's only a game gate kept by a point zero zero one percent of the population. The thing is, though, we have the fantasy that it's a natural, organic democracy where people believe passionately about things, educate themselves, reach for the brass ring, and become able to affect the world. The military controls it. The intelligence agencies control it. And just like I'm not able to now go to Area 51 and walk through that gate, just like if I became a senator, I would not be able to go through that gate. Just like if I became the president, I would not be able to go to that gate. You see, that's the thing with the, with the, this country, is that people don't realize that they don't have any say in the country. They don't have any voice. The leaders don't have any desire to give them a voice. They're not speaking for people. Even the, the so-called leaders of people, even the so-called leaders of resistance movements, QAnon did not deny... The moon landing, which we know is, is, is a hoax. He did not say 9-11 was an inside job, which we know is true. He did not denounce the Yemeni campaign, as if though he didn't understand that they even existed. These things are just to disguise the fact that what we think are our issues, what we think are our priorities, are being fed to us, spoon-fed to us, by a elite cadre of people, a cabal of people, who don't even want you to think that the right questions can be given any legitimacy.
Now, second news story of the day. Because I guess that was my take on the Capitol Hill protesters. CIA is disclosing all of their UFO files. Like they're just giving all the UFO UFO files out um, for download. Right. Now, when they say all, you know they're lying. Yeah, everything the CIA does is lies. These probably aren't even the original files. These were these like narratives created to kind of give a a feeling of transparency and of some kind of like change or progression because you know they're already hyping up that disclosure is going to happen in 2021 you know this is all part of the narrative they're all they're all telling predictive programming uh, the idea of disclosure they've been doing it for years right and this is like oh see now we're the good guys now we're type instead of the people who've been hiding this information for you for the last century so on the black vault website over 10,000 freedom of information requests over the years and scanning thousands of pages by hand more than 2.2 million pages have been uploaded to the website 2.2 million pages of cia official uh, official cia ufo documentation right this is not a fraction of what they have. If you think it's a, if you think it's all of it, you don't know the CIA, nor are you uh, a, a particularly you know savvy individual. You're a very naive individual. That a agency that is existing to lie and to gaslight, gaslight, has uh, given 2.2 million pages of before seemingly top secret, like to the point of, um, you know, exactly like. Uh, um, redacted and censored information that they would then change their mind due to public pressure even though they operate outside the law or even public opinion is is absolutely insane now the idea here is oh there's a change in um, the air that the old ways are changing to a new age of disclosure and transparency. It's called controlling the narrative. They're not going to give you the facts. They're not going to give you the real relevant data that is still a military secret. What they're doing is slowly allowing people to um, be their gatekeepers. And it's not like It's not like this plan is necessarily harmful to everyone besides the harm of keeping truth, the keeping, uh, keeping these things secret and lies uh, for the majority of the world. It's a matter of people becoming more and more gullible. They're not going to be fighting for the truth. They're going to be trying to interpret what truth they've been given by these agencies, these federal agencies from higher, from the powers that be. From these military institutions like the Navy, like the Air Force, these branches of the military, basically the Pentagon. And they're going to be salivating over every new Pentagon release, every new Pentagon, uh, you know, document, every 
Pentagon official who comes out with an experience or sighting for the next 10 to 20 years. This will be the face of the ufology movement. No longer a real attempt at creating independent resource and and uh, research. Uh, you know, no, it's going to be the government co-opting, controlling the narrative, becoming the narrative. And whereas before there was a sense of legitimacy that people were fighting against the system and doing so well that the system would have to cover it up and then quiet those individuals by assassinations, et cetera, et cetera. Now, your most prominent ufologists are actually ex-military or vetted by military or currently on the military payroll. And they only go in to certain organizations specifically to provide disinformation. Same thing they've always been doing. This is just a military intelligence operation to, ga uh, operation to gaslight people. And they're going to limit the amount of knowledge and to raise more questions than they are going to answer any questions. Uh, provide any answers, I'm sorry. They're going to raise more questions. They're going to provide uh, less clarity. They're going to confuse. And they're going to... Uh, begin to kind of edit history as there's as the you know exactly how what's the best way to like hide history lie about it when you're given history class you know like then then it's well the teacher said this well the teacher is lying to you because the teacher once is lying you know like, there's no like, the teacher's lying to you he's providing fake information and he's reached this position of power through force which is what they have I think they've already killed off all the old guard conspiracy theorists all the people who are true independent journalists have already been taken out shadow banned blocked from mass platform i'm making this video i only have less than 600 subscribers my subscriber count is not growing as fast as any anyone uh, else nor is it um, gaining any traction i can only assume it's because of algorithmic shadow banning etc and, um, you know, I get hit by sock puppet accounts, uh, troll accounts every day where I'm editing and uh, moderating those comments, um, deleting them because they're offensive or, you know, attacks on myself and my other fans all day, all day. From when I wake up to when I go to sleep, I just I check it routinely, and there's always new comments just providing vitriol, hate speech, and divisive tactics. Those aren't natural reactions to people; those are reactions provided by um, electronically harassed or targeted individuals, crisis actors, etc., paid trolls, disinformants, who are trying to demoralize me, trying to derail me. Um, and I don't even have a realistic expectation for this channel's success anymore, to be honest. Not on YouTube. Um, I have made 300 plus videos on this subject. I have 500 plus subscribers. There are there are channels with like 20 videos who have 10,000 subscribers, 100,000 subscribers, and all I do is talk about conspiracy theories that everyone else has talked about 100,000 times before. And you understand that this, this is not a world for reality. This is a world to perpetuate the lie. To perpetuate the lie that people are learning, even when they're not learning. To perpetuate the lie that things are getting better, even when they're not getting better. And this is exactly the type of tactic and action used in families of poverty, families of abuse and addiction, that gaslight each other to protect individuals they know are only detrimental to other individuals because they... Because by 
admitting their own responsibility to the family or to themselves, to others, especially their own immediate kin, they would have to realize the enabling attitudes they've had to allow the abuse, to allow the degradation of their society, of their home, of the filth they're living in. It's, it's easier for people to pretend uh, that their house doesn't stink than to actually clean up the shit on the floor. You know? It, it's easier for, to people to pretend that that they're just misunderstood rather than understanding that there's nothing to understand about it. You know, like... Um, it's easier to believe you're being persecuted against by racists and uh, people who are uh, just plain old mean and, and stuff like that than to um, admit that, you know, you're actually annoying or, or antisocial or uh, detrimental to any surrounding you're in due to your own bad habits and poor socialization, et cetera, et cetera. Like the idea that um, someone getting upset at you for crossing a, their personal space or line has boundary issues or, or rage issues rather than you being a legitimate source for ire, for, for um, you know, you being the legitimate problem. And because no one wants to focus on themselves in the mirror, they throw rocks across the street at their neighbors. So you got two kinds of philosophies in America right now, especially with the UFO movement and with politics. It's masturbation inside of a mirror where they're only seeing themselves and they only uh, see their own opinion being validated. And so they only seek out to support those people without any regard to the truth, without any regard to real journalism, to real, um, you know, really communicating the message, really communicating the worldview, you know, like that, you know, I want to know what this world really looks like. I don't care if it fits a certain agenda that are a bias. Exactly, bias-free. I just want to know the truth, right? I, I, that's the, my whole thing is I'm just trying to get down to the truth and express myself honestly with my with my experience, etc. Um, you know, and I support those that do. I know that they will be different, but you know, it's the honesty. It's the seeing things for how they really are. It's the seeing the big picture, seeing the small microscopic picture and seeing the big picture and how they're both the same. Um, we need to open our eyes to the truth and not to these daily arguments, these daily um, notions of events being given to us, you know, piecemeal, because the propagandists profit from our inability to see the larger things and only focus at one thing at a time. You know, they know us. They know how to exploit us, and they're doing it because they know human nature. They, they already have the, the, the psychologists and the sociologists in their pocket. They have the anthropologists in their pocket. They have higher academia in their pocket. They have research models, scientific laboratories, pharma, et cetera, et cetera. They can manipulate. They have, the, they have all the entertainment avenues, all the sports avenues, which they want you to see. You will see. It's inescapable. Right now, they want everyone to be confused and to focus on sexual orientation and race so that no one is the wiser when it comes to international, new world order, occult family operations in regard to uh, international type mercenary efforts by the United States military or um, invasions of uh, foreigners, innocent foreigners who are, you know, slowly being demonized due to their own resistance of annihilation. Same thing with the UFO movement. People don't want you to see the truth. They want you to focus on this 
this um, ad hominem personal attack on who people are and what they follow and what they believe. It's why people, when you speak about UFOs and things like this, want you to talk about Trump. They want you to talk about Biden. They want you to talk about politics. They want you to talk about if you're a Democrat or Republican. I had a longtime supporter uh, from Europe, so a foreigner who had no investment in American politics, emailed me relentlessly during the election year about asking who I was going to support, who asking what my politics were, who I voted for, what this what this election meant. Meaningless, meaningless, absolutely meaningless. It was just an attempt at distraction and a type of attack in that weird passive aggressive way where they want you to engage in a conversation so that no matter what you say, they can just argue with you and get you upset, demoralize you, etc., etc. This is what they try to do is engage you and bullshit you know how you know you're being targeted and, and gang stalked and, and being a targeted individual when random people want to talk to you people you have never ever seen nor would ever want to talk to rationally people come out of the woodwork just walking down the street and just stop in front of your house and want to engage in conversation with you tell you little stupid fucking jokes and stuff and what and you're like oh well you're just you're not for any they, they always have some kind of criticism or if you're like really kind of taken back by this the, the oddness of the situation and turn your to go back to your own business um that it seems to be some kind of great taboo that that this stranger didn't interject themselves in your like didn't inject themselves into your day at that precise moment so that you could talk about whatever they wanted to talk about same thing at home it's it's not that people cycle or consciously do it but have you ever walked past someone you know, like your friends or your family, and then they have some weird little thing from CNN to tell you? It's like this regurgitation of truth, like a meme. You didn't ask for it, and it doesn't affect your day, nor like is it even relevant. But the idea is that it, every day someone has to have something new to say about the news. So That's what they call it the news. Someone has something new to say, even though there is nothing new under the sun. Nothing new going on in their lives, nothing new going on in their heads. I think even this show, the news, which is the northeast, west, and south, it's not so much that there's new things going on. It's just opening your eyes and seeing the world for as it is, for, for what it is. You know, looking at all four directions, seeing a full circle of what's going on around you. You know, follow the compass. But, you know, the compass it doesn't change, neither does the world. Okay, I guess that's a pretty good long uh, little... A little diatribe for that. Like I said, I don't believe the CIA's documents. I don't believe the FBI's documents on UFOs. I don't believe the military's uh, disclosure. I don't believe the Navy's disclosure. Their Tic Tac Gimlet or um, all that, um, all that footage. You know, I don't. I don't trust anyone in power. I don't trust any government because all this is controlled by the military. And what the military top brass says, the military top brass does. And it's all um, rooted to occult secret societies, et cetera, et cetera. It's not different than just being the, the armed wing of, like, you know, the Freemasonic uh, World Party or um, the Catholic Church. You know, you can't trust anything that the Catholic Church does because it's always going to have its own agenda of supremacy and power in mind, you know? Like, the, like you can never think that the Catholic Church is going to tell you the truth. They're going to tell you the Catholic Church's truth because it keeps you needing them. It keeps the, it keeps them existing.
Yeah. Um, that's uh, basically the news that I'm seeing now. Um, you know, every, there are a lot of other bullshit things, but I said that's just all bullshit. Like, China says, no, China's told the U.S. something. Who fucking cares? China's fake. The U.S. is fake. Both those kinds of regards. They're not people. They're um, countries. Exactly. They don't get into conversations. Like, they don't have a discourse like that. It's not what they do. It's not news. And so, yeah. Um, I guess in this segment, I go from two news stories to two um, science stories and everything, but scientifically, I haven't really had a lot of chance to look into anything except for the um, I guess you call it the business side of things Um, basically the uh, business side of things that I kind of want to talk about is the overinflation of uh, Bitcoin Bitcoin is surging right now, and I feel like that's going to be one of the things that I'm going to have to talk about sooner or later. Like, while I, yes, I would accept it as a currency if I was ever paid in it, I understand it's real, it has a real value. I feel like this is to get the middle class excited about the future, about digitalization of the future, to move away from the fiat currency of today simply because they know they need to transition from the fiat currency the same way that in the 20th century they they transitioned from the gold standard from the silver standard of money to a to a credit system so when they introduced credit cards it was the same thing they had to get people from one from point a to point b they got to get people from now point b which is the credit card debit card uh virtual fiat currency of the of the u.s dollar the petrodollar to Bitcoin dollar. And they're going to do that by making it extremely attractive. But then once the overwhelming majority of the people start investing in it, getting excited by it, they're going to not pull the rug from it, but it's going to become drastically more realistic. Just the way that when credit cards came out in like the 80s and 90s, um, people were just allowed to rack up as much credit debt as they possibly could. No one understood the concept. And as they bought into what was originally a system only for businesses to operate between each other, uh, you know, without having to use massive amounts of petty cash in the accounting process and keep that money exactly in, in house and safes and stuff, they were able to go with virtual transfer of wealth through the, through the cards. And um, that became something that the everyday person would use and then families would rely on and it would depreciate the value making credit cards seemingly just this most, you know, obviously overdone, overused and, um, you know, basically almost a semi-illegitimate form of wealth because if you just have a credit card and you don't have a dollar to your name, you basically are just, you know, a penniless person with a credit card. Uh, your purchasing power, your, your actual real social credit is soon to soon to be nil. Same thing with Bitcoin. You're going to see people who have not one specific physical asset, even though they have a wallet of Bitcoin, because 
they want that way. They want you to not be able to barter or trade, which is a realistic economy. They want you just to have a virtual currency, which ultimately it was promised to be something that's worth more than the average dollar or currency unit, but then becomes its own currency unit. The, the value, the actual saying, oh, it's 30,000 USD, only exists if there's a USD competition. Once the USD competition is out, the fiat currency is gone, the petrodollar is gone, that Bitcoin is just going to be worth 30,000 Bitcoins. You know, it's going to be worth 30,000, whatever. It's just, it's a number. 30,000, oh, this, this is worth 50,000, this is worth 6,000. It just becomes this arbitrary amount of digital trade and like the rupee. Like, oh, this is 6,000 rupees. Well, without an understanding of, of an actual like wealth, you can have a million rupees and, and still you know you're just a guy with a million rupees like it's still it's not a system of embetterment or enrichment or progress because there is no progress it is a stalemate and this is just trying to get more people sunk into a stalemate type situation remember the the only battle you win is the one you don't fight so when people start investing and getting into the economy this way like this idea of rebelling against the economy they're buying into one system into another they're they're, they're jumping ship and buying into another system And that's the thing, like, if, if you really think that in this world you need wealth to be, you know, to actually free yourself from it, then then I don't think I've been speaking to you uh, as a person. I understand that we live in the real world, but, you know, championing, um, like, like, you know, the idea that greed is, greed is good when it's virtual greed, you know, when it's Bitcoin greed. I think people need to wake up. That exactly, it's not a, it's not an idea of materialism, but of digitalism, a digital avarice, you know, alternative avarice. Um, you're not, a, you're not the people's hero if you, if you're championing this, if you're trying to get people to buy into it. You're not the people's hero. You're just a different kind of uh, salesman. You know, same thing with people who want you to buy gold and silver because they want you to feel fear uh, society collapsing. And, um, you know, it's just a different type of salesman. It's a different type of business, different type of industry. But at the same time, it's still a business. It's still an industry. And it's still built on uh, lying to those who don't have with the promise of having. And then when they sucker them in, then they take it from them. You know, and it becomes this, this zero-sum game. Same thing with the uh, Elon Musk stock. It's going through the roof because they want to sucker people in who have no previous investments so they can invest in something that they believe in and feel optimistic about and then pull the rug under from under them, disenfranchise them, demoralize them, break their little hearts, and then kind of send them, uh, you know, crying home to mama because... They will never, ever get back into the economy. They'll never, ever get back into the stock game. Or they might. They might become addicted to it at that point, and which only helps out the stock market, which only helps out NASDAQ, which only helps out the greater system at large. No progress. Same thing with all the stock market collapses. The stock market is planned to collapse every so often, every 10 to 20, 50, I think it was like every seven years, now is the Jubilee. So every seven years, the stock market crashes specifically to kind of shake the tree from all the people who are like, you know, uh, becoming weak and, and once they sell off, you know, all their stock and they, they're, they're weak in their belief of the system. Once they sell off all their stock, new people come in, buy it, 
at an optimistic level in price, then seven years later, the system repeats, it repeats, it repeats. It's a constant uh, trimming of that tree, that, that stock market tree. The stock market itself never changes, does not change, it absolutely has not. It's a stagnant thing. It's a concept. It's an intellectual concept of just certainty. Now, the individual risk, however, that also never changes. People are just kind of chewed up and spit out. People are just kind of chewed up and spit out. The system at large is a greater, um, it's a greater antithesis of progress. You know, things really just don't change, nor do they matter. Um, now, I guess that would be the, the place of the science uh, issue of the of the news network of the news segment I was going to do now. Now, um, media is how I kind of finished. I go from daily topics. If you're new to watching this, daily topics to you know overall political type things uh, like the, the the news that's happening. Then I go into like kind of your science, business, technology world, and now um, the entertainment. I always want to kind of end with the entertainment because as someone who is a you know creative writer myself, as a creative myself, who has that kind of critical eye when you see something you like to either explore it fully in all its little detail and nuance or review it and compare it to others, like to other kind of examples of the same thing. Now, when doing that, you know, I, I want to kind of say that I'm not saying this because I have a very simple bias of, ooh, I like this thing and I think that you guys would like this thing too simply because I thought it was pleasant or whatever. These are real critical type, um, you know, objective criticisms of it. And I'm going to recommend for entertainment the show Primal. I know a lot of people have already seen that. Its second season aired this year. Um, It's a relatively short form show with seasons only running five or six episodes. It is incredible. It is an incredible uh, animated series, uh, very Frank Frazetta-inspired, uh, Savage Land-type inspired of a, of a caveman and his dinosaur companion. Um, in this show, Yes Man and Dinosaur Walk the Earth Together, uh, kind of navigating the world and relying on each other to survive its dangers as they kind of have bonded over their mutual trauma of losing children to the wild. You know, like, I think it's it's kind of stated at first that his the caveman's journey is when he lost his children to a dinosaur, thus overcoming his hate of dinosaurs to, you know, see the kind of vulnerability in this female, I think it's like a triceratops, uh, plight as her children, you know, her young offspring were eaten also by a dinosaur. You know, so they kind of like mutually agree to survive together. And the first season is like them uh, testing their patience, the bonding, the difference, getting over that and kind of seeing the val- the, the, the actual love they have for not only themselves, but life. It's because, you know, it's obviously it starts from a very dark point, um, you know, where they have nothing but each other. And even then, why would they want that like type thing? And then you start realizing that they're fighters and they're going to keep fighting for them, for each other and, and for themselves uh, for survival. And the second one is starting to allude to more of a, a, a of a larger world that's very reminiscent of Conan the Barbarian, Hyperborea, 
where man and dinosaur walk together, where the ancient world and the, the you know, just the, the, the recent past, the ancient world, uh, like the primor- primordial dinosaur world, you know, like, and the ancient human world are kind of like one and the same, which if you follow young earth, if you follow alternative uh, paleontology, it, it becomes one of those things where it's not just a fantasy, even though it does hit all the cylinders when it comes to your dinosaur adventure story, like your Raptor Red, your uh, Jurassic, uh, you know, park type, I guess you call it like your, well, more like your uh, thousand year BC, your, or million year BC, your uh, Clan of the Cave Bear, your, uh, you know, uh, journey to the center of the earth, but without, but with like, you know, obviously less than, less than sci-fi elements than that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's man and dinosaur interacting dinosaurs and Cadillacs. That that's a good, that's a good, uh, deep cut from people who like dinosaur movies. Um, you know, like that was a comic book, uh, by dark horse. Um, very much though. It's a very Savage Kingdom, Frank Frazetta-style art style where everything is very beautiful and lush. Uh, the same person who created Samurai Jack created this show. So definitely the art style is very reminiscent. And he obviously has a lot of experience and talent in creating action scenes and creating um, that energy with the sound, and with the color palette, etc. It's actually a very visually artistic show as well as every episode because it doesn't doesn't like sink into the frivolity or the um, the uh, like where it has weak entries like every episode itself is like a mini movie you know has its own like full arc and and everything and usually features one or two very unique um, you know story elements or plot elements you know like occurrences highly recommend that show it's called primal uh, it airs on Adult Swim, um, but you can also find it online. But Adult Swim, the app will have every episode, uh, you know, uploaded for your viewing pleasure. Highly, highly recommend it um, because it's also very inspiring because it deals with themes such as, um, you know, heroism and courage and sacrifice and survival and uh, companionship, you know, friendship love like that like real real love um as well as loneliness as well as fear as well as isolation as doubt as well as uh danger you know like the idea that vulnerability of uh panic of, of things it's very human it's very much your your um, higher elements of art bleeding into uh you know your your uh, you know your animation for all ages even though it is more of a mature animation it is ultimately not offensive at all it's it's just uh you got some blood you may have some gore and you have a lot of uh you know situations of life and death but i mean that's what dinosaurs are right that's what they are incarnated so it's absolutely appropriate for the case it's not land before time they don't talk dinosaurs don't talk it's it but you know dinosaurs are like um different types of kaiju almost because the enormity and the power and the versatility it's not scientifically 
100% accurate. It does delve into the realms of fantasy. And, um, you know, it does it very, very well because it's like a very well executed role playing game that you're just watching with each villain kind of serving some kind of narrative purpose and with the characters having to rely on their flexibility, their creativity and their, uh, their ingenuity, you know, more, more times than not. And so you definitely see them as a duo where Fang and uh, Spear, and Spear is the human character, Fang is the Thrasher character, uh, have to rely on each other's mutual strengths, which are presented early on and consistently followed throughout the throughout their series. It's a much superior, it's probably one of the best shows that Adult Swim has ever done originally. One of the best, like absolutely. Highly, highly recommend that. It's called Primal. So definitely, definitely recommend that. For my YouTube channel recommendations, because I'm already drawing near 14 minutes to an hour on this segment. Given the other segment, I got to edit together. So if you're watching this, it'll probably be almost an hour into it. The other uh, recommendation I'm going to be making, which I always make a recommendation for a YouTube channel. I always get burpy around uh, the hour mark of speaking. I don't know. I think I'm drinking too many bever- uh, carbonated beverages. Um, but yeah, uh, I should always just come out with a glass of water and ice. The YouTube channel that I'm recommending today is Mojave Mysteries. Mojave Mysteries or Mysterious Mojave. Let me look it up and make sure. No, I talk so much that um, my phone died on me. But yeah, I'll look it up. That I think it's called Mysterious Mojave. Never kids, always have your notes pulled up. So you can avoid any dead air in the future. It's a note to myself. I'm still learning. This is all a learning process. So I'm not going to beat myself up. <laughs> I'm not going to beat myself up. Mojave Mysteries. Sorry. See, I pulled that up just in the nick of time. Because if I was going to use my instinct call it Mysterious Mojave, my dyslexia would have got the best of me. Mojave Mysteries. Um, I guess I can show you this, but it's already blacked out. See, my phone's dead. Almost. Mojave Mysteries. Um, it's on YouTube. It's got 6.96 thousand subscribers, 46 videos. Its last video was Giant Snake Monster of San Gabriel, Huge Ophidian, or Freakish Creature. It's second like, like it was Strange Course of the Desert Mystery Corpse. So, Strange Case of the Desert Mystery Corpse. This is a channel that focuses on mysteries specific to the Mojave Desert. Um, an area which has recently become extremely important to me somehow. Like, I, I can't really explain why, but the Mojave Desert seems to be really, really calling me. And um, it's, a, it's a land of mystery. It's, a, it's, it's America's um, Gobi Desert, if you were... And the fact that there are so many things that have occurred there, which have only, which have fallen into legend, which have fallen into, to lore, 
as well as the the infinite amount of possibilities and obscurities of the area. It's a very strange, strange land, like an inland, landlocked uh, Bermuda Triangle in what is the former uh, Salton Sea. You know, it used to be completely covered in water. Uh, I think it was until the last Ice Age, but absolutely, this man does an excellent job at providing the mysteries in a straightforward but also entertaining fashion. The videos are short form, much shorter than mine, um, being 10 minutes long to 15 minutes long on average. And they use a lot of uh, really cool little images to kind of like push the story along. Very nice channel that you could say, for example, watch with your partner, watch alone, binge on and just kind of feel inspired by as well as to use as research as well as to kind of um, you know learn more about the area if you're not familiar with and if you love urban legends if you love lore if you love um, mysterious areas this channel I feel would be very very good for you to watch because you know that's something I'm recommending because I watched it for those same reasons you can also watch it with your partner etc that's not uh, it's it's made by an older gentleman, so it's made for a more sensible audience. It's not uh, something that's going to be annoying or jarring or unpleasant. There's no epilepsy warnings, for example, on any of his videos. But it's something that's done with a lot of love. You can tell a lot of love uh, goes into these videos and the research, as well as um, a deep respect for the area, a deep respect for these mysteries, and a deep respect for those involved in the mysteries. Um, that, I feel, is also missing from a lot of these YouTube channels. And it's the reason why I don't recommend, you know, simply every single thing I find is because I feel like that's the most important thing, the integrity. The integrity not only for the craft of retelling legends and lore and urban legends, um, but also the respect for the areas, especially when they are uh, involving real people, involving real areas, involving real communities, involving real incidences that have been forgotten about, that have been made obscure, that have been pushed to the, uh, to the, uh, to the edge, to the fringe, really, of the, of American memory. Now, these things should never be forgotten, of course. These mysteries should be talked about openly. So definitely use this channel as a springboard for your own channel. If you are a investigator or a, uh, collector of these types of, uh, legends, but also as an inspiration for your own channel if you are pursuing any kind of independent content creation. Because this, this guy has uh, followed his labor of love with uh, excellent results. And I absolutely give you guys uh, my recommendations for his and I give him my salutes. That I find him an inspiration and I routinely share his videos with as many people as I can. Because they're accessible, they're relevant and realistic you know, because they, you know, because they happen in a base, you know, and they're also, exactly, they're on point. They are, they are Mojave mysteries, right? Exactly. He doesn't, exactly what you say in the end. Just exploring, exploring the, the wonders of that area, which is an incredible, incredible rabbit hole to follow. So that's it. That's the North, East, West, and South for this week. Um, second week of January, 2020. Absolutely. Thank you. If you made it this far into the video, you have my admiration and you have a lot of, uh, you have a lot of stamina and guts. I know I'm a kind of a long winded person. I hope that these videos are inspirational to you or educational to you or motivational to you. Um, 
I absolutely am inspired and motivated by each and every single one of you that reached out and leave a comment. So if you want to leave a comment below in the comment section, uh, you know, definitely reach out to me. Check out my Instagram at rumors of instinct, all one word, rumors of instinct. Um, my Instagram page, my podcast is also rumors of instinct. Find that on line, wherever podcasts are found, Spotify, Anchor. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Podbean, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Google it, just uh, Rumors of Instinct. It should be bringing it up uh, in the different kinds of platforms. I have a library channel of, um, uh, that's streamed to Patreon, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, and, and if you want to support me on Patreon, it's patreon.com, Rumors of War 1987, PayPal, dot me rumors of war 1987 will be in the description box below um every single contribution helps and you can earn yourself a producer credit by doing so which i link your name and all your information that you give me or or want me to uh in the description box of my um podcasts and episodes in the future so definitely one dollar will get you started on on the patreon tiers and you know every little every little bit shows that uh you know, it motivates me and it shows that I have a, uh, uh, you know, a, a audience out there and uh, supporters, people who are listening. You know, I'm waking people up. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not asking you to spend uh, an arm and a leg. Just a dollar uh, will help for everyone. And you get a, you know, you get to basically show your appreciation for um, hundreds of videos, which are given to you guys for free on these platforms that are kind of... Uh, you know, all the labor, uh, all the research, all the heavy lifting is done by me. All the creation is done by me. All I would need in return is if every single subscriber I had would hit that like button once they watch these videos, would share these messages with people who, uh, you know, might profit from it, their communities, their social networks, Facebook, Twitter, um, you know, post it on 4chan, whatever. Uh, your own personal blogs, your Instagram pages, you know, as stories, all that set, et cetera, et cetera. Or uh, leave a dollar. You know, if everyone left a dollar, I would be financially secure enough to continue these video productions, uh, you know, as far as I could see into the future. You know, just a dollar a month would absolutely, um, you know, give me financial independence and the uh, motivation to kind of keep uh, pursuing even lengthier and more elaborate and more professional um, videos because I'd be able to afford more uh, professional software and uh, professional hardware, you know, as well as provide for myself and more research opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. So definitely, definitely consider donating a, donating a dollar if you haven't already or if you would like to sponsor me through a collaboration of advertising or as being a spokesman for your product, your service, or your channel, definitely reach out to me. Rumors of War 1987 at gmail.com, rumors of instinct at gmail.com, or hit me up in the DMs of my Instagram at rumors of instinct, or hit me up in the comment section below of any one of these YouTube videos. I read them all, I'm notified of them all, and I moderate every single one of them. You are absolutely the greatest audience in the world out there in Dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. I am Rumors of Instinct, 1987. The human behind the Rumors of Instinct studio, the entertainment uh, LLC, which produces a podcast, which produces this channel, and which is going to produce longer form documentaries and various other projects in the future. 
Thank you very, very, very much. Absolutely appreciate every single one of you. Thank you. Namaste and shalom. God bless your families. The sun.